As we enter into the Advent season, we are beginning our four-part series on the book Habits for Holiness by Father Mark Mary Ames. This week, we're focusing on prayer and the importance of relationships. We hope that you enjoy. Welcome to Life Beyond the Chariot, a faith and family series from the St. Philip Institute. We believe we are called to not only know, but also to live the truth of the gospel within our homes, in our workplaces, and beyond. We believe we are invited to encounter Christ in the messiness of day-to-day life and to live as his disciples. Yes, happy Advent. (laughs) Welcome to week one of our four-week series. We're jumping into the book Habits for Holiness by Father Mark Mary Ames. And so over the next four weeks, we're going to break the book apart um, Mm -hmm. into different sections and um, sign up, join us. We'll put it in the show notes, of course, uh, to get a copy of the reading plan if you want to follow along. Um, But we're just excited to spend Advent with you all and just breaking open this book. It just seems like a really good way to wrap up the year and step into um, the new liturgical year. A whole so. new one. Yeah. <laughs> and I also want to say a note that even this isn't a particularly like just Advent focused study. Mm-hmm. So even if you're hearing this way after Advent, get the book, go over this. It's such good stuff in there. And we know we were talking before we started, like it's so practical about making spiritual progress and so much that I've learned. And I just very much appreciate his insight. Yes. Yeah. Yes. And if you've never listened to the Poco a Poco podcast um, with the CFRs, um, I'll try to put a note in the show notes to them too. It's just, it's really nice to have resources to accompany us on the journey. And what I really like about this book, like you were saying, just the the practical aspect of it, but like really practical because I think sometimes we can read these really deep theological works that will say things like, well, just detach from sin. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) How do I do that? I'll do that. Um, I know that's important. Um, Or be humble. Okay. Um, But to really just have some very practical ways of establishing a solid prayer life. And we're only two chapters in this week. We're going to go through the intro, chapter one, chapter two. Mm -hmm. And I think the way we're going to approach this is really just kind of breaking up and just having some faith sharing time for us. We haven't really had a chance to to just dive into the book together, except on the podcast. I'm excited. Um, So yeah, just going through it. And we encourage you to go through this book um, also with um, with others. If you have a chance to, to, to connect with other people, we'll also have some discussions in the Facebook group as well. Um, so yeah, well, let's dive right in. Yeah. <laughs> no, I, so in his intro, there's like a huge section that I highlighted. Um, I should have just highlighted the whole book. I have so much marks. But one of the things he talks about is like light in the darkness. And he says that every home is in the midst of real, dangerous, broken, struggling, and mm. suffering culture. And we often can feel, well, I'll speak for myself, I often can feel like holiness um, is really difficult to attain, Mm -hmm. especially when you feel like you're fighting this culture that is kind of hard to fight sometimes. And what I appreciate is that he says, um, is it possible in this world to live a life of holiness? The answer is yes, it absolutely is, um, because the light has shone in the darkness And the darkness has never and will never overcome it. Mm. And I just think going into, um, especially this time of Advent, you know, that's the whole purpose of like Advent is to 
open our hearts more and more to the presence of Christ in our lives, um, to focus on when he came into the world through the incarnation and then when he's coming back, and just that time to prepare and open ourselves more up to the light that Christ wants to shine into our lives. Mm -hmm. And it just gave me like this cheerleader, like you can do it, like holiness is possible. Yes, yeah, Yeah. no, excuse me, it's such a good point. And in that same section, I know he mentions that a really important part of all of this is to prayerfully ask what the next step is. Because um, I know sometimes, especially as we're getting ready for the new year, it can be like, I'm going to do all the things. I'm mm-hmm. going to pray all the rosaries. I'm going to go to all the daily masses. And then it can be discouraging when we can't do those things. Um, and then just speaking as a mom, um, yeah, <laughs> it can be even harder to find um, time to work some of those things in. But to actually pray that God reveals to us what is the next step that he wants us to take. Because with this book, there are some very practical suggestions, and we'll get into some of those for this these first two sections. Um, but maybe God's not calling you to do those particular things right mm-hmm. now. Maybe that's something to, to work on towards the future. So I really appreciate how he, um, how he mentions that and um, like – Holiness is not something that we can do by ourselves. Yeah, uh, I think that's a, a big message um, that I'm receiving from this book. Is like it's not because of something that I am doing myself. It's because of what God is doing in my life. And I mean, you can bring in baptism, all that. Yeah, <laughs> like just all the grace. Um, but we have to be receptive um, to what the Lord is wanting to do. So. Yeah. And he's, I mean, he's a Franciscan friar, right? So their life is pretty radical. Mm -hmm. But he he even, but he says like, this is the life of the Christian, like that we have to try to strive for a pattern of radical living for Jesus, which is absolutely possible for us as individuals, for our families. But he also says that the next best step for my family and for me, um, it may not be the next best step Mm -hmm. for you. And so just Mm -hmm. to be patient and prudent about how, we bring any of the changes or any of the ideas from this book into our homes, like you said, to be prayerful and to be patient and um, whenever we're trying to incorporate some changes even in our own lives yeah. or um, you know, the culture in our family. And so I just really appreciated um, that he's like, these are ideals and this would be really great to get to, yeah. but what's the next best step for you yeah. and what is God calling you to do? So just being prudent and patient with the knowledge that holiness is possible. Yes. Yeah. Amen. Amen. So moving into chapter one. Yeah, let's do it. All right. So chapter one is prayer, life, and relationship with the Lord. And it makes sense that that would be where we begin with mm-hmm. all of this, that that is the foundational step for everything here. And in the very first section um, here, he talks about prayer as food. And this, I highlighted this, underlined um, that, like we were just saying, like the, the renewal is God's. The rebuilding is God's. The victory is going to be the Lord's, but there will be no growth and no new life. And there will be no new victory without a deep commitment to prayer. Without God, we can do nothing. But with him, truly all things are possible. And I think we all know this. Like, I know this. I, I mean, I have a master's degree in theology. I, I know these things here. But when it comes to living the Christian life, um, there is... I think, speaking for myself, there is sometimes this desire to just do Mm -hmm. without, even in ministry, to just do without 
having that proper nourishment. And um, the other thing that I had highlighted here was the spiritual life can be killed by a lack of nourishment. And I, mm-hmm. I definitely recognize that in my own life, that it can be suffocated with distraction, anxiety, and concern about the world, or it can be starved by not being fed by a regular prayer life. Prayer is necessary to feed the soul. If we're not praying, we're dying. Um, That, oh, I needed that so much. (laughs) I really needed to hear that. It doesn't matter um, how much knowledge that we have or how many ministries we're involved in, but if we're not being nourished I mean, at mass, but also in daily prayer. It is not enough to just show up on Sunday and then life is the same during the week. Um, But to be spiritually fed during the week, that that was a big one. Yeah, I think, too, um, you know, he offers some questions for reflection, which are absolutely worthy of spending time in meditation and prayer in those because it I think some of the questions he asks are like hard hitting. Mm-hmm. Um, so like, how is your prayer life doing? And when you talked about like those four things that there's a variety of ways that our interior life, our relationship with God can be weakened or die. Um, like, well, what is that? Uh, it can be attacked through sin. Mm-hmm. So what are those sins in my life that I just need to go out with an intense focus? Um, am I nourishing mm. my my spiritual life, my interior life? Um, Am I allowing distraction, anxiety, concern for worldly things, suffocate my spiritual life? Um, And am I starving it by not entering into a daily routine of prayer, whatever, whatever that Mm. looks like. And, um, and so just taking an honest look at where is my prayer life right now? Um, As a family, we do lots of like, family prayer but like as a as an individual just really building that relationship um with god like having more conversational prayer i guess is something that my heart desires but not enough to get me out of bed early enough <laughs> do you know what i mean yes. um and so that was my uh commitment to advent you know because there is a penitential part to advent i'm like mm-hmm. it doesn't matter um i'm gonna get up in the morning before everyone else gets up and just spend some time yeah. in prayer, which some people, they have that down. I don't. <laughs> Working <laughs> That's on so it. hard. Um, but I've been trying to do that um, because he does give very practical advice about how to bring prayer in, like um, in the morning, mm-hmm. um, midday prayer, mm-hmm. night prayer, which again is a lot. So um, if you're not doing any of it, pick one, mm-hmm. right? Um, that next best step. But for me, it's been, um, man, I need to get up in the morning and immerse myself in God's word. And yeah. 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 I, and it, as you're saying that, it's reminding me of that phrase, like we can't give what we don't have. Mm-hmm. And it's so important for us to receive. And I like that he even addresses some of the common obstacles to prayer. So we say things like, I just don't have time. It's like, well, you can't, saying I don't have time for prayer because I'm too busy. It's like saying I don't have time to eat and drink because I have a marathon to run. Like that doesn't, it doesn't make sense. You can't do that well. Um, or another one being, uh, and I'm on page 12, uh, if you're following along. Um, but this idea of like, well, I need motivation. Like I just don't feel motivated, um, to, to pray. And that really struck me because, um, he says, you know, if, when you love someone, you find ways of being with them. And I think about like when Michael, my husband and I were in a long distance relationship early on in our courtship, 
um, we had to find creative ways of reconnecting. And we weren't doing things like FaceTime, but we would talk to each other, but we would make space in our day mm-hmm. to make sure that we could, could talk to each other. And how much more so should we be finding creative space for the Lord? Um, and if you, if we really love the Lord, like we would, we'll find that, um, we'll find that time. We'll find that, that space to, to do that. But also knowing like the Holy Spirit will help us to create space. And the other thing that, that came to mind with that is like, I know sometimes, especially as parents, um, it can be a little bit more challenging to, and we've talked on many episodes about how, you know, our spiritual lives have changed a lot since college or high school. And now as parents, um, like our schedules are just different. We we can't run away for a whole week, you know, for for a silent retreat or something. But the thing that came to mind with this was Jesus accepts even the tiniest spaces that yeah. we can create for him. So even if it's not, you know, two hours of silent prayer in the morning um, before kids get up, like God will take that that five minutes, <laughs> like yeah. you and your coffee cup and Jesus, like Jesus wants that space. Um, but yeah. Yeah. No, I just, um, like one of the reflection questions was like, am I living like a marathon runner with a big list of things I need to do without properly nourishing yes. my spiritual life? And I, my answer for that was for sure. For sure. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but yeah. even too, like when I've, when I finally just make time to sit down and evaluate, I'm like, man, I am starving my spiritual life. Mm. So then I make the mistake of like overcompensating and like, I'm going to, like you said, do I'm going to do all these things. Yeah. Um, and it reminds me of a story. I don't know if I've told this on a podcast, but there was one time where all my friends were like running marathons or half marathons. And I'm like, oh, they're like, you should do it. And I was like, fine, I'll do it. But I, had, I hadn't even done like a couch to couch 5K, 5K, which I probably should have done. So I was like, I'll start off with a half marathon. And I thought that that was prudent. Not prudent because my body just wasn't used to mm-hmm. um, training that intensely. Mm-hmm. So I was like six weeks into training and my ankles – got as big as like softballs oh went to the doctor he's like you should probably take a break from running and I was celebrated I was like yes I have a medical reason to not continue um but from that experience I really don't like running but from that experience I was like okay even though the desire was good and I started to train mm. I wasn't at a place where that intensity of training was even good for my body so then for me it just made me think about my spiritual life like okay I mean, the great thing about being Catholic is there is a treasury of like prayer and devotions and spiritual disciplines, mm-hmm. and it can be overwhelming. But I, but I was like, okay, don't try to run this half marathon when you haven't even done a couch yeah. to five k. Yeah. And so, um, so for me, I was like, I loved the the practical motivation or the practical advice that he get gives to get motivated for that next step. And so one of the things that he talks about is like, how can we, um, I think he breaks it down into like four things. Like how can we sanctify our day, our week, Mm -hmm. our month, and our year? Mm -hmm. And I recommend people just sitting, you know, in all the quiet time that parents have, (laughs) just sitting like, okay, what is one thing I can do to sanctify my day? Um, and he gives ideas, uh, what is something I can do monthly, weekly, yearly, yeah. you know, and just kind yeah. of lay out some sort of plan that 
that will work for you in your current phase in life. Yeah, yeah. And I, I, I really like that too. And I think it's a really good place to be, especially as we wrap up the year and we're thinking about, you know, like New Year's resolutions and things like that. But like really spending, I think that starts on page 21 where mm-hmm. he talks about sanctifying your day and like kind of interrupting your day about midday. And he has like the three by five examine, you know, different ways of like, what can I give thanks for? Where are moments that I'm, that I'm anticipating that I'm going to need you know God's help um all of those things like and, and I've never really thought of it that way it's like well I'm gonna start my day or I'm gonna end my day with prayer right. but this idea of like really making sure that we schedule time to have our day interrupted by mm-hmm. prayer in a sense um and then the same with the week like having a chance to kind of shake off the dust I think is the language that he uses um when can we just kind of reset during the week um, and then, yeah, for, do you do like yearly, um, retreats or, or anything like that? Have you had a chance to, no, nothing to do planned. anything? Okay. Maybe we no, should I do mean, that. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, I took my kids to this, um, like monastery. Um, it was kind of a last minute sort of trip with a friend, you know, and it was one of those things that was, I'm like, why have we as a family not said, we're going to do this. Yeah. Um, and I was like, I really, and I told my husband, I was like, I'd really like it if we like planned a family retreat to come here just because mm. like the prayer that you can enter into with the monks, um, when, when the monastery is open for people to come in and just being away from everything else and just being able to spend time together, but also have the element of prayer. Yeah. Um, we haven't scheduled anything yet, but okay, I, I did yeah. just go in October. So, yeah. but just, I mean, that's on our radar, That's you know? Really and so some kind of, uh, some kind of retreat, um, it doesn't have to be anything big, but I would definitely recommend like exploring ideas. Yeah. Um, now I'm thinking of it's like a family retreat, but even if it's just an individual, individual retreat, yeah, yeah, I think I and I, yeah, I think that that's really really important. I think even just having having time as an individual to get away, doing it for your marriage if you're married, um, and also just time as a family to mm-hmm. kind of reset, regroup, and, and do something different. So just having that on your radar, the, that section for me, the, I think that's like the spiritual meal preps <laughs> section. Yeah, um, I really really encourage people to to really think about that because um, that's that's just a, a good way to like make prayer priority before the year even begins yeah um, to really look ahead and say like this is what we're this is how we're gonna um approach that but yeah anything else in chapter one that you um, wanted to well, no, i guess just open? real quickly i mean i could talk all day oh, i yeah. have so no, many I, things in here <laughs> but one and i was talking to my husband last night i'm like i know it kind of sounds funny to say i'm going to pray about prayer mm. but i think that that's really important because when he mm. talks about like sanctifying your day um because there's different form like I like to do Lexio Divina mm-hmm. and Bible reading and um there are certain devotions that people have or they feel yeah. drawn to. So um or like how am I called to a holy hour a week? Mm. Um, you know, doing that um as far as every month, am I gonna take a Saturday morning? Go to mass if can I just go to mass thirty minutes early once a month to just do prayer. And I think just but bringing that to the table um when our conversation with the Lord and and really praying about what shape my prayer life is supposed to take at this mm. season in my life. Yeah. Uh, because planning our prayer life, I think, is important. You mm. know, um, okay, Lord, like, I want to have a date with you. What do you want that date to look like? Yeah. And how can that come to fruition? 
taken into account the current state of the situation in life that I'm in. Yeah. And so pray about praying. Yeah, absolutely. Not that sounds silly, but nope. That that is spot on. Like come Holy Spirit. Absolutely. Absolutely. So moving into chapter two, um, starting on page twenty-five, um, focusing on family and the power of relationship. And I liked how uh, he begins this chapter by saying, you know, family is what will save the world. And um, especially pointing out that um, just by the way that we're created, we are drawn towards unity. Like we long for union. We long for love and for intimacy. We long to be known and to know another. Um, And that's, that's a very real thing. But we are also kind of drawn to isolation, yeah. and um, that that is a consequence of sin that we that we can tend to isolate ourselves or separate ourselves while at the same time having this desire for unity, um, and so it requires um, that we be intentional with our relationships. But I really like the the focus on like the family and especially just in, in our vocations, how, mm-hmm. how applicable that applicable that yeah. is to <laughs> what, we are, what we're doing. Yeah. I think, um, you know, and he, I love how he even talks about, um, the family, but he also talks about like this, um, communal mm-hmm. life as well. And mm-hmm. I would love to ask him about this one day, but he had said like it was his relationship with the church community that brought him into relationship with mm-hmm. the Trinity. And I think that that's so powerful. And he mentions in here that we cannot ignore the profound ways in which the people we live with and interact affect us. Mm-hmm. Now for him in this situation is a good thing, right? But also like, is it a bad thing? Like, how are the the relationships affecting me? How how is my disposition and in entering into entering into these relationships affecting other people? Mm. And realizing that um, the power that exists in our familiar relationships and our communal relationships, how that impacts me, the other person, other people around who are witnessing to it, and I just think it gives this. Um, gravity, um, a seriousness to really examining the family relationship. Yeah. Yeah. No, that makes a lot of sense. And um, as you were saying that, it was making me think about, I think he mentions it in this chapter too, like the community of the people that we work with. And I know we're kind of in an interesting situation because the people that we work with are awesome. Uh, they're awesome <laughs> and amazing and um we're it's a ministry yeah and so the dynamics can can be very very interesting um i'm sure anyone who works for a church or parish or will tell you the same thing <laughs> um but and and I know there's like boundaries because like the people that you work with aren't family, but there is a communal life there. Yeah. Whether you like it or not, there's a communal life there. And I think specific particularly for those who are working um in a ministry type situation or any like type of service, um it, there is probably an element of like how are we drawn into community? Like how often do we pray together as yeah. a staff? Um I think that's something that we've gotten better at as a staff here. Uh, but yeah, like, are we praying together on a regular basis or yeah. we are, um, like, yeah, how are we experiencing that communal life? Cause that, again, that, that draw towards isolation can, um, can be tempting. Yeah. So. And one of the, one of the things that he mentions is when he first, um, 
joined the Franciscan Friars, uh, he was um, he had to lead the song, like their prayer. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and right. he talks about how that moment made a huge impact on his life because he's like, he says that he didn't do well. <laughs> um, I'm trying to find his exact words, but um, basically, I don't know if his singing really um, went well in the community. Yeah. But he says, but what happened? Nothing. They didn't change their behavior toward me at all. They didn't reject me. Uh, but he made, he said this point, he's like, I realized that up until this point, I had never had to be weak and vulnerable in front of a group of people I deeply respected. Mm. And one of the reflection questions, I mean, I'm gonna have to sit with this one for a while, but what being around a community or a family can do for us is that, um, it can point out our strengths and weaknesses mm. uh, in what I am proud of in myself and what I am terrified of in myself. Mm. Mm-hmm. And just knowing that the the power of the family can draw to the surface our strengths, but also our weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And and he says that, that that is when he talks about salvation in the family, like that's what he's talking about, like um, coming face to face with those weaknesses that maybe we hadn't we wouldn't know we're there unless Mm -hmm. we're living in community with each other and being willing to to look at those things that i'm terrified in myself um and working on that yeah that's probably been one of the most surprising things for me about motherhood um, and even just marriage too, is that you you see a side of yourself or you're discovering a side of yourself that you're like, I don't know if I like that. <laughs> <laughs> um, or like really coming face to face with your weaknesses, like well, I'm not as patient of a person as I thought I am. Um, so yeah, that is a, those reflection questions are very um, <laughs> in your face. Yeah. <laughs> sort of a, um, yeah, things yeah. to definitely sit with. Um, in that same section, uh, there are two things on page 32 where he's talking about prayer as love's forge um, and like a, a place where God encounters us, where God um, really fortifies us. Um, but I really like this paragraph where he says, if we do not pray, if we are hit by these blows, but we have not made we have not been made docile by the fire of God's love and God's truth. The blows, like the blows of life, will wound us and hurt us. They will not be formative, just painful. But if we remain in relationship with the Lord, these blows will form us and make us stronger as they come. Um, and I really like that imagery of like really being protected by by God's love, like God being at work in, in all of those details. Um, yeah, there's another part of that, but I'll defer to you. No, <laughs> no, I'm, again, I had so many parts of this highlighted, and I think, um, I know we're running kind of short on time, so I do want to touch on some of the things, some of the like practical advice that he tells families to do, because like you said, if we aren't surrounded by the flame of God's fire, then those blows, they can break us, right? And so... Um, obviously like praying as a family Mm -hmm. in whatever form that that takes. And if you're not doing anything, start now. Um, No reason to wait. And it's totally fine. It's if imperfect and messy, you know, but you're praying together. Yeah. You're 
um, immersing you and your family in this sort of fire of God's God's love. Um, but he also talks, he also gives some other advice about um, fight for a nightly dinner together. Mm, he yeah, says, really pray about and fight for a nightly dinner together, um, knowing that maybe not every night is possible. But I think we can definitely look at the current situation of our family life and like, are we? Mm-hmm. Are we sitting down with our family with no TV, no cell phones, no distraction, and just being a family? Together. Yeah. Yeah. No, I, I really, really like that. I really like that. And like this call to relationship it's a reminder that this is more than just about me and jesus um and i I will read the sentence because i I think it's worth um worth sitting with and it's a good i think it, it really wraps up like chapter one and two together really well but he says on page 34 if our relationship with the lord remains just me and him and not us and him then we can basically write whatever narrative we want to and that is the temptation for all of us like are we actually in a um, in an authentic relationship with the Lord? Are we receptive to what the Lord is doing in our life? And it's hard to to really do that if if we're just focused on me and Jesus and not our relationship with Jesus, our relationship with other people, and how that affects like the whole community life that we're in, whatever vocation, whatever walk in life um, that we're in right now. So yeah, no, and I think too. Um I was reading this somewhere else, um, not necessarily in this book, but talking about we can tend to be um, like really show our ugliness the most to the people that That we love, that we're closest to. And so um, really trying to find like those opportunities to serve one another. Mm. Like how Mm -hmm. can I be intentional about serving my spouse? My children, if that's currently the vocation that you're in, that's what you need to focus on first, your husband and your children. Um, And then then discern, you know, other people in some, whatever other yeah. community setting that you're in and finding ways to honor each other. And I thought this was really great. He said that him and the brothers, um, that they will sit around when they're together and um, they will go around and, where each of them honors the brother. Like if there's a feast day that one of the brothers is celebrating, um, they'll honor him by some virtue that mm. he displays, thanks him for his friendship, um, or acknowledges another way in which he has been enriched by this person's presence. And I think that's such a beautiful thing for us to do in whatever communal life we're in. So in our family, like honoring our spouse, like recognizing those things, honoring our children. Um, Like when is the last time we've looked at our five-year-old in the face and said, this is what you bring to my life, Mm. you know, and honoring them in that way. And I think that goes a long way, but um, it's definitely made me be more aware of how can I be more intentional about and having time where I can speak truth into their lives, mm. you know, um, instead of just getting caught up in all of like the things, the that things needed. to do. Yeah. 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 Oh, no, that's beautiful. That's beautiful. Well, I'm excited to continue uh, in this book. I know we did chapters one and two. I think we're doing three, four and five uh, yeah. next week. Um, and the way that the book is designed, if you if you do grab a hard copy, is that there are reflection questions all throughout the chapters. And again, just very practical 
um, suggestions for things to do next. Um, so keep reading along with us, Habits for Holiness. Um, you can still sign up if you want to get mm -hmm. the the reading plan and the study guide. You put together a really beautiful like reflection guide. Oh, thanks. Um, it's got the um, Sunday gospel readings in it, space for Lexio Divina, space for notes and things like that. So check that out. Um, but yeah, really excited to... This yeah. is a good way to wrap this up the year. This was fun. I agree. I agree. <laughs> awesome. Well, do you want to wrap us up in prayer? I will do it this okay. time since I deferred to you last time. <laughs> Thanks. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Dear Heavenly Father, thank you so much for the gift of our lives, for the gifts of our vocation. Um, we ask that you always help us to have the grace of a grateful heart. As we come before you, we also ask for the grace to be intentional and look at um, our prayer lives uh, as where we are in relationships with those around us and to just pray for prudence um, and patience as we discern the next best step for ourselves and our families. We ask all of this in your most holy name. Amen. Amen. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen.